0: Guess what? I got a gem here. This is Mac on the Rock, WSQF 94.5, the Concrete Conservative showing up again in the middle of the day just because I feel like it. You know why? Because God said so. Here on 94.5 Community Radio, Blink Radio, Us Kane, we do stuff just because we feel like it. Because if I blink once, yes, I said it. Blink twice, yes, you missed it, I mean. We all blink. Well, I have two guests here whose microphones are off because they're, they're starting to talk already, you know, because they're from Bolshevik, New Jersey, and New York. Father and son team I met here at the Oasis back in the day when Oasis was actually a, a capitalistic business. And they're here to tell me a story that only can be told here on Blink Radio spontaneously like this. Welcome to the Two Johns. Johns, how are you?
1: How are you, Manny? What's going on, Manny? Uh, Thanks for having us.
0: Yeah, man, uh, tell people how we met. First of all, you know, I mean, people know that I'm religiously at the Oasis from 7.30 to 9.30 every single day for 30-something years until uh, it was bought. And then the new owners uh, are now running like a funny-looking bakery. So uh, we we shared all the story I, sh- uh, I shared with you, uh, the good old war stories of my father and Reagan as I'm moving out of my house. I'm, sh- I'm sharing you photographs, and I'm really nostalgic these days I'm trying to remember my childhood out here. And as my house was being sold, you got to see some of the old pictures, pretty remarkable story. My father lived as a you know, Cuban refugee to, to a Reagan appointee to having, you know, personal letters written to him by presidents. And, I'm, and this guy, my father, is putting these documents in accordions, not even places where I can find them. I literally have to go from bill to bill to bill on the year of choice, in this case, 1980, to find this letter that happens to be under B for George W. Bush. And I shouldn't say W because it's dad, Herbert Walker Bush, George H.W. Bush, sending my dad, thank you for pushing me in the convention, Republican convention, as vice president of the United States. I'll do my damnedest to make sure our beloved governor, Reagan, is elected president. And this is how this day starts. You guys call me. You're here from New Jersey. Absolutely. And everything starts. That's the metamorphosis. After that, the audience wants to hear what you guys have to say. And you were, right before we were opening this door, you were telling me that you were present as a first, not as a first responder, but as an iron worker. Sure. Yeah. When September 11th occurred, you actually saw the plane. Yes. One we plane were... you saw and yep. the other one you heard.
1: We, we heard the first one coming in. We were working in Hoboken. Uh, I was an iron worker, and we were putting up wall curtains. And, and Wall
0: uh, curtains, let the people know, wall curtains that's are? That's
1: like a, a piece of granite connected to the windows. Okay, cool. And it goes in sections to the building.
0: Okay, keep keep it up.
1: So uh so after the first plane hit we heard a huge explosion and then one of the iron workers down by the water there in Hoboken across the river and he actually s- said that the uh, the plane a plane hit the uh the top of the World Trade Center and um we thought maybe it was a boiler at first but a boiler
0: meaning it would c- the, crash to this roof well we thought the like, or it exploded the, or we something we seen
1: the top of the thing on fire so oh, we, top didn't of the know, building. we didn't know it was a plane right away so after the, so the second plane was flying over our heads and it made the turn and, and i it think
0: ended. it was like 17 or 18 minutes difference
1: yes yes So after the second plane hit my uh, brother-in-law worked on the 92nd floor for car futures so i was really uh, concerned that he was like not there anymore so i did call and uh i couldn't get him on the phone uh, I
0: well, can hear it in your voice. The, the suspense yeah. was killing you.
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, it was pretty horrible. And then, uh, so we started. Once we realized it was a terrorist attack, we started grabbing our tools. Now, real when quick. you
0: realize it's because you guys say among yourselves, are you hearing radio or no? Or what?
1: After the t- second plane hit the World Trade it Center, it was obvious. To we, you. It was obvious to us. So we started collecting our tools. We were on, uh, I think, the fourteenth floor.
0: We oh, so you're a very lucky man.
1: Yes, and uh, so we heard the F-16s flying over us. We thought it was even more. We thought we were totally getting bombed.
0: So that means the American government uh, uh, are alerted, and it's almost as if they knew.
1: Almost. Because it was was very fast. It was very fast. The Epsom's teams came pretty fast.
0: Wow. And you were, as I asked you when you first said it, you were assured that it's planes, not drones or nothing mysterious. No, I mean, that, that
1: big plane flew right over our heads.
0: And you saw markings of a commercial airline. Sure. Okay. Sure. Yeah. okay, see, audience, that's what you hear here on WSQF 94.5 uh, from people who lived it, you know. Yeah. So uh, we, we can't appreciate this more, so tell us more. Now, here you said something that I, John Jr., don't be all shy now because you walk around like, you know, Mr. Bad Boy, you know. You know you're live now, <laughs> so if you're going to be bad, you'll be bad right now, okay? You talk. You interrupt me whenever you want because people are tired of hearing what I have to say. One thing you told me that I found really in, intense, and it just happened right now. you saw ladies' shoes, not men's shoes. Correct. Wow, nothing but lady' shoes wow. all over., uh, we did
1: find one woman. She was buried deep in a void, and we rushed to get her out. but she was long gone. Long gone. Um, it was uh, I thought the world was coming to an end, actually.
0: I, we all thought that,
1: you know. So if
0: you're living it, I can imagine just sure. that plume of smoke going down the streets as people are running hysterically. I remember because I was, uh, I, I had, I, I was very melancholy because my my daughter was born six days earlier, on the fifth of September, and this happens on the seventh, eleventh of September. So I'm saying, I'm sorry, honey, I brought you to this terribly cold place, and I'm holding her. Look, looking at an elevated TV in my bedroom on my way to work for regular routine, and because it, uh, I we were called on the phone, turn on the TV, turn on the TV. We already had missed the first plane, but it was quick enough that I saw live the second plane.
1: Yeah. So anyway, so we're we're leaving and we're on the turnpike and I turn around and I actually see one of the buildings collapsing. Come
0: down. Yeah. That, so wait do wait do that chronology. So from the Fourteenth floor. It's time to get out of the building. Oh, uh, we
1: rushed out and we got on. So the... you
0: were able to actually get in traffic heading home.
1: Yes, we we actually beat everybody getting out of there. So, but like I said, when I turned around on the turnpike, you could see the buildings come rolling down. So now, anyway, this
0: woman you found up or down or on the fourteenth?
1: No, we were on. We were working on the fourteenth floor in Hoboken when when we seen it across the oh, street. Oh, wait. We... Oh, I'm so, sorry. I'm sorry. I was. I don't know, I don't know the geography,
0: so it's my fault. So no, you're it's... not in the buildings.
1: No, no, we weren't in the buildings. My brother-in-law, the one that passed away, was on the name.: That's why I'm crushers.
0: confused, okay.
1: Right, no. So we were working across the street in Hoboken, across the river, Mostly. right across almost. And then that's when we seen the planes fly over our heads. <sighs> but well, we knew it was a terrorist attack right away. Now, the irony of this is my, my brother-in-law's last name's McLaughlin. So when I, we couldn't get a hold of him. We knew something was wrong, terribly wrong. My, all my, my uh, sister-in-laws and my wife all worked in the city that day. They all were frantically going to each hospital, walking around in bare feet because they all had high heels. Now yeah, you can't Look, run. And looking at all, looking for the hospitals, looking for her brother. Their brother. Yeah. And to no avail. No, no good. Wow. So the next day, I ended up getting my ironworking gear, and I took a train in, and I became a, a like a
0: second responder, maybe, yeah, if you want so. to say. Oh, know. yeah. Hey, I'm available. And
1: yeah. So we were, you know. Helping everybody you out. You can see, could.
0: you can now see the 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 rumble uh, in like a big ditch, right? Two hundred and twenty floors of rubble.
1: No, uh, no, uh, no computers. Uh, what
0: nuclear war would look
1: like? Exactly. No computers, just dust, steel, and and uh, wires. Wow. And women's shoes.
0: And Miami-Dade County Fire and Rescue Department, craw- because I think I believe that they landed the next day. They were sent from here because sure. they were they were trained in excavations and earthquakes and stuff like that
1: all all over the country yeah because I, be,
0: I i remember having the joy knowing uh that i met all these people on facebook Well, i still physically don't know them but we became friends as far back as 2001 and uh when facebook started i think it's 2006 or 7 uh those people joined on facebook and i re- remember uh that, having uh, friendships with them, and um, we were all tea partiers, you know. Sure. Um, so, what? Where were you at the time? Were you coming? I was, my, my you're memory, coming out of the womb, weren't you? Yeah.
2: Oh. Well, no, my memory—I was about four years old, so um, I really didn't get to uh, yeah too many memories. But you could but kind of feel
0: my, the hysterics in the home.
2: Yeah. Well, my biggest—I remember being at my grandparents' house and just watching on the TV. It was maybe the replay, constant replay. Day, yeah, on the news. And uh, not even knowing
0: that. Now, how huh, you, you was must have that. had Jersey boy buddies that had uh, dads in the in the military. I mean, police department, fire department, maybe even military. Sure. So you guys had all this banner going on for weeks after that. Everybody commenting.
1: Yeah. So was really wild time. What happened was the McLaughlin family. We didn't know this for a couple of years later, but they made a movie about the World Trade Center, and the John McLaughlin was a, a survivor. And he was a Port Authority police officer. But before this, prior to this, we got a call from the state police saying that he was— stu- we got a call from a McLaughlin, George McGlachlan, uh, G. McLaughlin, uh in a void, trapped in a void. So here we are think it was a roller coaster. Here we are <laughs> thinking he's alive. And we're all uh, jumping up and
0: down. Oh, my God, he's alive, he's alive. And he was using his cell and- phone, obviously. Yeah,
1: and so anyway— Long story short, when void, I was-
0: by the way, audience, the void means anywhere there is a, a square or a, a, a space or a triangle of a heavy object to sustain you. So you're actually in a void in an area where you might be pinned by concrete and walls, but you're actually breathing and you can actually move your hands and make phone calls.
1: Yep. So okay. so once we got this call here, we think he's alive and everything. And it turned out to be the Port Authority guy, McLaughlin. So it was a roller coaster for us. Wow! It
0: was horrible. And he's related to no. He's not related. Not to related role. to your, your your lost. What world. made things
1: worse was after the movie came out, we seen that the movie was based on this guy McLaughlin, and then nothing. Whew. They didn't say anything about our brother in law, my brother in law George McLaughlin, <laughs> who died on the ninety second floor, which should have been in the story. Yeah. Because they called us and got us petrified. You, you fig-
0: you, yeah, you figured you figured you were, you're you were in the history books already because of the call. Sure. But yeah, so much things are lost. Uh, the sellability, markability of a documentary leaves a lot of important things out, either for lack of knowledge or just timing between editing and filming and the news coming out and they're like, oh, but we don't have footage of it, so we got to leave it out because that would lead to the next scene. I've, I've made films at an amateur level. And if, you don't, if you're if you missing a little piece, sometimes you can't even include the piece because it throws off the stuff before and after the piece. So you're kind of screwed that way. Would, yeah. you would know, ruin the whole movie or whatever, the, the flow. Uh, as I uh, attempted to, to, much years later, to go to 9-11, uh, just to see the hole and the beautiful fountain going down to the bottom like that, uh, I think it was very well done. Uh, the museum was incomplete. I could see that it was still fragmented display. I saw what I felt was a lack of passion for what actually happened that day, to not complete things, to not let politics get involved in the completing of things. And that kind of annoyed me because I thought the people who died deserved to have a complete memorial. Absolutely. The minute you cut the ribbon, everything's finished, you know? For sure. Agree. And uh, at least there was, as far as my perspective, which is limited because I was just there on, on business, was to at least do those fountains and the engravings on the grand yeah, of everybody. Yeah. And I just saw people suffering even to that day, and I think 10 years had passed already. So, um Man, I think it. I think it's a a really awesome story. Now, what became of the buildings that they say had to be taken down on the Oscars? Like, a, not across the river, but right in the neighborhood. Was like, that true? A lot like of buildings were shaken.
1: Yeah, they they all rehabbed them all. They okay, tore so, a couple of them down, and they actually rebuilt them all.
0: Wow! And do the local people actually uh, as as crazy as the rest of America about suspicions and conspiracies, or you guys just see it as an act of terror, plain and simple? I
1: I don't see it as a conspiracy. I think it was an act of terror.
0: Just someone who uh, groups of people who just knew what they were doing, but they had to have some kind of insider knowledge to be able to do things at that end. This This is one thing that I after reading a lot of stuff, and I would like to just lay it to rest because I think it's God sent that both of you can share this experience with me. I always felt not that it was an inside job, I find that ludicrous, but that the planes came in the morning when they could have killed a lot more people if they came in the afternoon. Because there's what twenty thousand people in each of those buildings. That could be forty thousand people in there all at once. Sure. The fact that they came in the morning was a sign that they were warned. We know you're coming, and we can't stop you. Quite frankly, we hear the chatter on the CIA taps. You know, worldwide, you can hear terrorists talking all the time because they know who, what, where, and how. the only thing that they don't know is who's new into the game, like new rookie, new 17-year-old, new 20-year-old who just got in there, just got turned into a Muslim terrorist. But they hear all this stuff. They're eavesdropping everything as much as they can. So my, since I know that knowledge of things, uh, I can see them hearing this chatter about an event, years in advance, decades in advance. They definitely
1: know. All the cab drivers were not around the area. All the cabbies were gone. It was and no caves
0: to be found around now. The since Crayton. you were leaving, oh, but you were across the river, so you couldn't see this. There's video of armored trucks going towards the building, while everybody was leaving the building, as if those, what we know to be true now, over uh, over eight hundred million dollars in gold bullions on the basement were 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 taken out. So it looks like a bank robbery. It looks like sure. the most sophisticated bank robbery in history, wow. and they leave one hundred and fifty million bullions because they ran out of time. The building's Landed on him. And there's video of Brinks trucks going in that direction, all the people running from the scene. So I had that that question to me the bank robbery theory that I think is true. Uh, the bank robbery had something, had probably the motivation behind the terror. That's the American side of the equation. Like, we know it's coming. Let's get this money. So there's like some other factor, a ghost factor. A lot of there. different. Th- but one thing that really concretes my Position, that's why I first word out of my mouth. You know for sure we're planes, right? Markings and everything. Okay, because
1: yeah.
0: it could have been just giant drones that were built for this stuff. Sure. Um, especially the especially the Pentagon. That one's just you know where's the build? Where's the plane, man? It hits well,
1: that's 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 questionable. Yeah, I do question that.
0: Yeah. Okay, so on the bottom of the World Trade Center, I don't know of a document that says I haven't read one document. I wish it w- it was out there and I haven't read it, so I can just put it to rest that they don't have molten jet engines, four of them, in each of the buildings. In the museum there or is, anything, right? You you just don't see this molten motor, which is the only thing that can sustain such high heat. And if the planes were full of gas and rammed into a building, there's got to be big balls of jet engine bottom at the somewhere. bottom. Somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Because they can handle heat because they, they extract jet fuel every day. You know, it's, they can handle heat. So... Someone, someone show me if you guys got documents. Someone, uh, make a comment, uh, call the station, uh, 1 844 645 WSQF and up here locally 305 365 heavenly divine 77777 I got the luckiest phone number in this freaking town 305 365 7777. Now, little John, I've actually been on Instagram with you sometimes and. You're like a gutsy kid in your neighborhood. You're telling everybody, you know, kiss my grits, man. You girls acting this way. You boys acting this way. You're really, like, making a name for yourself. Uh, tell me, what's, what's your persona on Instagram? We're going to change the story from 9-11 to tomorrow. Because after all, him and I get into this politics things because us dirtbags ruin your country. And if you guys don't save yourself... Well, look for us to save That's you, right, man. Right, we're right. brain we'll dead. Gone. We'll, we'll be gone, gone. and we're those brain those dead. We, we can't even yeah. fix. We can't even admit that we <laughs> we ruined it for you, people. Um. High school. What are do you doing for a living now? You said something about a yeah, teleconference actually, uh, very um, soon. So.
2: Yeah. Well, right now I'm uh, actually working at a Mexican restaurant in okay. Jersey. Right. And, uh I've been there for a little while. How come
0: you're not fat and plump like I am, man? If I eat in a oh, Mexican he rep... He gained no. a lot of I weight. gained a lot of weight <laughs>
2: from when I met
0: you. For real. Yeah. That's true. You were skinnier. We I had to buy was, all new clothes like for like him to get here.
2: man. When I met you lot last year, and now I'm like 190. So I gained about 70 pounds.
0: Damn. to think that I started off at 165 and I'm at 320 at my max. Wow. I'm down to 280 now. So you got hope, bro. I you got still got a chance. You got yeah. another 75 pounds to put on. Uh, you got to have the double chin or else they think you got AIDS in this town. Yeah, really. But anyway, uh, <laughs> you know, this is the capital of all kinds of crazy stuff. The South Beach, you know, you see what's going on in South Beach oh, yeah. today. It's insane. Don't go over there, by the way. No, hell no. And if you do go in Uber, so you can get the hell out of there because right. your car will be shot. They'll be standing on your car before you know it. Um... Okay so now what uh, you when you do you do anything online what's the you know the teleconferencing you you I don't know you you profiting off Instagram what's the story uh, I'm no, trying to no, no and I don't know how to do it
2: I wish but uh, yeah well I have my business degree from Brookdale um, Brookdale
0: and that is a Brookdale College a small school It's a community
2: college in Jersey cool. All yeah right. so I have my business degree and uh, it's an Trying effect. to make it Yeah so eventually I might go back to get my bachelor's I'm thinking
0: All right and, cool uh, Keep yeah, we were the education. first community college in the nation, Miami-Dade Community College. And it's a four-year college now. It was a two-year college uh, back when I went. And uh, I raised my point average to get in, to transfer to the University of Maryland during the uh, Boomer Esiason days. So I got to see him live as a college player. Yeah, Boomer's good. Yeah, and I also had Adrian Branch. I don't know if you guys remember him from basketball, from the Lefty Drizelle days. And two- I've heard
1: of them. I remember Icky, though. Yeah. It, you know?
0: You're right, right, yeah, all Icky right. The Icky Shuffle. Yeah, the Icky Shuffle. Um. Well, um, nice having you, man. I, I really appreciate these moments. You know, we've been talking now for official 20 minutes. Uh, is this your first time on the radio, both Johns?
2: Yep. Yeah. First time on the
0: radio. I'll be damn it. Yeah. It's, so it's, a, it's a moment in history. A little nerve-wracking at first, but then you get comfortable. Yeah. It, yeah, it, it man, really... It you really uh,
1: nervous. You it nervous. was...
0: I wasn't ever nervous because I don't, I don't shut up. I just have a reason to keep on talking now. <laughs> People <laughs> were telling me... I remember one girl when I was doing activism out here, you know... I was an older guy and she was a young, beautiful lady. So she probably assumed that I was flirting with her. And I wasn't. I was actually talking about a school activity. And look, you're gonna be a mom one day, and you know, it's best we fix our school situation on here. And she goes, Why don't you tell that why don't you get why don't you get your own radio show and tell that to your radio show? Very snarky. And she was in my hardware store at the time. So on top of that, she was my customer. So I didn't want to fire back at her. And he goes, you know what? That might happen. And guess what?
2: Here we are. Fair sure enough.
0: It was 2013 or 14. And look, my own radio show here hey, at the Concrete Conservative. WSQF 94.5. Thank you for A this blink. snippet. Blink radio. Where I blink once, I said it. Blink twice. And you?
1: Yes, blink. And again. you miss it. I always blink.
0: And, yeah, I'm always <laughs> blink. That was so Jersey of you. All right, man. Thanks, take, man. Care, appreciate it. Take care, it. my you friends. So much, and and en- enjoy, you. enjoy your time. John, keep on kicking butt. Remember what I said. If I make 100 bucks... And you make fifty, but I spend my hundred and you save your fifty, you made more money than I did. That's it. That's never right. never, ever, ever forget that. Take care. Okay. Take care.